Hello everyone, welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Uh, I am so excited today. I've got uh, one of those exceptional youth that we love to all meet and visit with from time to time. I've got Noah Gainsberg on the show. He's a volunteer, uh, advocate, mentor, assistant, uh, teacher, tutor, along with Christy Green, the executive director of St. Francis Neighborhood Center. You don't want to miss this episode, so stick around. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Noah, Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Well, we're thrilled to, to talk. So, uh... Noah, you're really uh, a remarkable young man. Uh, tell us about uh, what has influenced your life. Why are you the way you are? Um, so growing up, uh, I was a learning disabled student and still am. Um, for many years, I went to a specialty school for kids with dyslexia. Um, that is just one of my two uh, notable learning disabilities. I also have dysgraphia. Um, and that, for one, has been really hard to grow up with and try and overcome um, all of my academic feats that I've been trying to accomplish over the last few years. And um, as for what else leads to that, uh, I've seen my mother um, in the nonprofit world for over 10 years now. Um, I've been working with her, doing community service for as long as I can remember. Um, and so far, it's just become something I've loved. That's great. Christy, what does uh, Noah do there for you and the community at the St. Francis Neighborhood Center? Well, everything, which is good. <laughs> um, very. Well, one of the things I've said is that he's accomplished more than most adults do in their lifetime with what he's done at the center. He started with tutoring. He's mentoring one of our students, and they've become very good friends. He's raised over $6,000 for the center. He's provided backpacks and school supplies. He just ongoing, continuous love, support, and care for the center, which I couldn't ask for more than ever. I mean, he's just amazing. He's a great kid and way ahead of his time. Super mature, super empathetic, and just loves our kids, and they just get along so great together. No, what's your favorite thing to do there? Of all these things that you're engaged in, what, what do you enjoy doing the most? Um, so one student I mentor in particular, uh, his name is Greg. Um, by far my favorite time with any of the kids, uh, mostly because uh, Greg has turned into like a little brother to me. Um, it started out slow because I was working at the center for a few months prior to actually working with Greg directly. And then once I switched to um, a full-time assistant teaching position there over the summer, um, I started talking to Greg more and more and seeing him come through the center. And at some point, I just kind of realized how similar he was to me in many ways. And from there, I kind of took on the role as his mentor. Um, since then, Greg has come out with my family, me and my family for dinner, uh, multiple days of the week. Um, will come out with us whenever we go to other like community service events. Uh, really anything we're doing, um, he'll be included if he can find the time to go with us. So that's by far 
been my favorite with the Senate. Well, that's cool. How do you think that's uh, impacted his life? How, how do you think that's helping him? Um, I would hope for the better. Uh, uh, when I see him uh, at the center versus when I see him with us, his attitude is very different. Um, mostly when he's with us for a few days and he's kind of settled into a, a new environment because he'll stay over our house. And um, the way he acts is just amazing. It's like a complete transformation. This kid is otherwise pretty quiet and reserved in my opinion. Um, but when he's with us, he's lively, he's jumping around, uh, he's always trying to fight me in like the big brother, little brother sense. Um, so it's always been nice, especially since I grew up as the youngest of uh, five kids. So I never really had um, like a younger sibling to look after and be there for. And my closest age sibling is seven years ahead of me. So uh, I never really had someone growing up closer to my age that could really teach me and help me get through. I should add to that Greg is extreme high risk as far as poverty, neglect, a lot of the issues that we address with education and academics at the center to try to support him. Noah has come along and given, honestly, I could say has probably saved his life. Um, we're in an area in Baltimore where kids are vulnerable to be uh, recruited to sell drugs, get involved with gangs and violence, and he is extremely at risk for all of this and such a, he's such a good kid but he needs the support and care that the center gives but above and beyond that what noah gives which is really fantastic for him and i'll be honest i feel it has saved greg's life wow that's uh it's quite a statement quite a statement uh noah how does that make you feel when i hear it it's like weird a little bit because I, I hear it from adults I work with a lot, not just about Greg, but with other work I do. And when I see people on social media talking about me, it, they act like I'm some wonder child. And, and that's what they'll all say. <laughs> and I look at myself as just any other teenager, honestly. I just put in my uh, fair share of work um, doing what I love to do. Um, but that's about as much as I can say for that because I've never really seen myself as like extraordinary. Um, I've seen myself as unique and different, um, which I think is always important, but I don't think I'm like ahead of like my classmates just because of the work I do. I think it's just a different specialty or something that I have more passion and desire to put my work forward to. You mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, Noah, that uh, your learning disabilities, um, you know, had you in a, a different school for a while for people who learn differently. How do you, you the, the way you mentioned that makes me think you draw a, a line, a, make a connection between that and your um, community-mindedness. How do you think that one influences the other? Um, I think it's mostly because of the struggle that I've had with my learning disabilities. Uh, 
I see what other kids have to deal with, not just in terms of learning disabilities, but what they're dealing with in their environments and how it can add similar stress. And that's what really helps me relate. Um, for Greg personally, um, I just see his struggles, not just with his environment, but with school too. And that's another area where I relate um, and kind of see myself in him. For a long time, I actually uh, had an issue where just work was so much sometimes that I kind of had this survival switch. I would just shut down. Um, I would tone everything out and I couldn't move forward. I'd be at a standstill for a minimum of an hour or two. And with Greg, he used to do that too, like quite frequently uh, when something was wrong or it, not, not in a spoiler way, but in the sense that um, he couldn't get something he needed, like actually genuinely needed, uh, he would kind of have that shutdown survival switch the same as me. And that was something that I really related to and understood and wanted to help him kind of overcome as I have. So that's definitely where my uh, struggles with uh, my learning disabilities um, relate to not only Greg, but all the work I do. How did you go from feeling so constrained to feeling so empowered? Uh, you say you saw the same thing in Greg that you experienced, mm -hmm. but how did you overcome those challenges, those feelings, those frustrations? Um, I think it was the work I'm doing with the center and just all around the city, honestly. Uh, it started off as me not being able to really put my voice out there uh, out of just nervousness and not knowing how people would react to feeling that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to issues that are going on in the city, whether it's political or otherwise in the community service realm. And that's where I kind of separate um, how I used to act beforehand and how I act now and how I've kind of overcome a lot of my own issues in terms of like academics as well. Because working with the kids has been more than helpful to my academics. Um, it really teaches me how to be like a self-learner and to also put my knowledge out to others, which just reinforces everything I know. Um, and that definitely takes off more stress and just helps with everything. I've yeah. watched Noah actually tutor upper level math and science around a picnic table in our backyard with multiple kids at the same time with great confidence and very much in a mentor capacity. And he's not much older than they are, uh, just a little bit. And he does it very well and the kids listen to him. And I think he's got the strengths and empathy they see in him what they could potentially be too and they really work well together i i went out and took a whole bunch of pictures that day because it was just amazing to see them in the backyard around the picnic table in in a nice day working on math and science yeah <laughs> christy it does seem you you use the word empathy to describe uh, noah and it seems like that really is a uh, an extraordinary ability that he has. He talked about being able to relate to kids uh, who have struggles because he had struggles. 
you know, the fact is his struggles are so different than theirs. Most of us struggle to acknowledge the pain and suffering other people have when their pain and suffering comes from exactly the same source. We really aren't. I mean, most of us aren't really very good at empathy. Sometimes we can conjure a little sympathy, but empathy is a real trick. And I see, I see Noah having, what, what do you think? How does, how is Noah able to develop, maintain that, that empathy? Well, he has a amazing heart, number one. He has a good heart. And for whatever reason, the, the, char- the charisma he brings with him, the kids just come around him. And I do think it is really tough, as you mentioned, to recognize extreme poverty in the United States, number one, because you wouldn't think it would be around. And when you try to tell or explain to individuals that this kind of poverty exists where kids are surviving on their own or they don't have money for food or you don't know where they're going to sleep that night, it's really hard for people to understand that that actually exists. And I think one of the things the center and Noah, it's it's special for both of them. And I think he can see that. And I would say, we talked about this earlier, his superpower is seeing in the hearts and minds of the kids and the struggles that they're experiencing. Because he nailed it too. The, the trauma from poverty is a disability. And so the fact that he's had experience struggling and then sees what the kids are going through as far as whether it's a learning disability or just the trauma with poverty, it's pretty extreme in our area. 1,200 children in our area live below the federal poverty line. We do home visits, so we actually have seen the circumstances and conditions in which kids are struggling and trying to survive the day-to-day. And Noah hit on something else. Kids do shut down or they do have behavioral issues or if they're hungry or they're not feeling safe or secure. So I think Noah brings in a safety and security with him, as well as that big heart that I love, that I see the second he walks in the door, Greg and all the kids just want to be with him and around him. And it's not very often you can see a teenager that can have this gift, Um, um, let alone adults. Yeah. Greg, you know, you've been at this for a while. You've actually got a lot of experience. Uh, what are you most proud of having accomplished? Uh, I've been doing this for a long time, but my work at the St. Francis Center has by far been my proudest accomplishment, um, especially with just working with Greg. Uh, I've talked to a lot of friends of mine who have actually seen him because he's walked in the school with me a few times. Um, if he stayed over one night, he'll be in the car for getting dropped off. And I have people who come up to me and they think it's like a charity case. And it's, it's not like that to me at all. It's, it's someone who I see as um, a little brother. And I see the transformation, as I said earlier, um, that goes on with him as he's around us. And I can't bring myself to look at it anything other than that because I feel like that's doing a disservice to also think of it that way. I agree. I, I view it that way as well. It's We're all human beings, and we're working in, on this together. And I think when you can see that we're all human beings, 
no child is choosing to live in poverty nor generational poverty. And that's why the center focuses on education to end that. And Noah's perfect for that, um, having had, like we talked about, the disability, but also the heart, the soul, the care, the love, the dedication, the commitment. It's, it's pretty incredible. Noah, what's the most important lesson you've learned? Definitely to be firm um, with the kids. Uh, it's when, when I talk to people about the center and my work um, and they see like pictures or videos um, that I'll post, they think it's like all buddy-buddy. And sometimes it is like that. But one of the biggest things I think um, to help the kids is to really like manners. Um, and most of the kids, basically all of them are very well um, well-mannered, uh, very respectful, uh, especially when I'm around, and all the staff members love them just like I do, um, but I don't think a single one would tell you that it, you should just always go easy on them just because of bad circumstances. Uh, I think that gets a little bit into the realm of like my politics, which is I don't think just because someone's grown up in a poor condition worse than mine, um, that they shouldn't be treated as normal people. I, I was raised with my parents being very firm and my teachers being very firm and making sure that I understood the rules and um, just to be a respectful person as well. And I don't think that we should do a disservice to the kids by not upholding to that with them just because they have other struggles that are also difficult. I love that Noah has high expectations for the kids because we do too. And so, like he said, in spite of or despite of the circumstances, structure, um, having a good structure, a safe space, mm -hmm. even for, for Greg to let loose, like he was talking about at his home, that is a, a way for him to be a kid and feel safe. And I think that's super important given that most of the time they don't feel that way. And so it's, he's right, it's not a charity case. We're all human beings and we set high expectations, which every one of our kids can accomplish. We, they all have a power plan, which are career goals, what they're gonna be when they grow up. So for three hours after school every day, they get a minute to think about what they wanna be when they grow up versus how are they gonna survive that day or get, make it through high school. Christy, what is the, uh, tell us, just give us a quick overview before we wrap up of the uh, St. Francis Neighborhood Center. Sure. So we've been around since 1963. We are a nonprofit. We're not religious affiliated anymore. We were when we first started, but we kept the name. And we were founded based on, we were going to end generational poverty through education. And that's what we've focused on. That's what's been our mission for over 55 years now. We are, so we are academic based, but we're community driven. So everything we do is because the kids tell me what they want, the parents, the community members. So yes, there's firmness, but there's also respect like he talked, like Noah mm -hmm. talked about. So if the, if the community says to me, we need more space because we have a three year wait list for kids that want to be in this program, then I'm going to work very hard for them to expand, renovate and expand. So right now we're in the middle of a $4 million capital campaign to renovate and expand because we have a three-year wait list for kids in the neighborhood in West Baltimore waiting to get into our youth and family programming. So we work with the schools, we work, we do home visits. We also are a true community center, so it's not just youth program for children in poverty. 
Um, we actually have yoga and grocery programs and computer lab and job readiness programs, financial literacy. Like it's ongoing. We really do a lot of community outreach. When I first started with the center, I actually sat out front and watched people run in and out. And I just thought it was very grassroots and organic and I wanted to be a part of that. So I work for the neighborhood and when they tell me, when Greg tells me um, he wants to open a store and run it, uh, which I said yes to because I would rather have him do that than sell drugs, which that was the alternative. He ran his store this summer and has a very good business sense. Yeah. He's a very smart kid. He's a savvy little yeah, guy. Yeah, he is. He can run the street, run the block. He can run a gang, but we don't want that. <laughs> We're trying to redirect him because he's got the charisma also and the intelligence also, but struggles in school with disabilities. So we're excited that we're just family. The community is family and that we've been there for so long and that we're able to work 90% of our $4 million goal to, to renovate and expand. So we're super close, which is monumental and historical because we're on the corner of one of the worst streets in Baltimore City and we're making a difference. So it's pretty cool that we kind of call ourselves a little bit the miracle on Linden Ave because what we're doing with the kids and the families is working and we feel like we're a model and success story for the whole city that we hope we can share what we're doing and so that more groups, more community communities throughout the city will do the same. Fantastic. Well, Noah, Christy, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making the time for us. Christy, before we go, maybe you could tell us how people can uh, uh, learn more about the uh, St. Francis Neighborhood Center and connect with you personally. Sure. So, of course, we have a Facebook page, but I would say go to our website, which is stfrancischenter.org, stfrancischenter.org, and you can connect there to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all of that. And then Noah is still doing his fundraising. He's raised, like I said, over $6,000. So we can connect anybody that goes to the website if they want to reach out to me. Um, our email information is on there, and we can link anything that Noah's doing for the center as well on that page. Great. Noah, what, uh, how would you like people to reach out to you? Um, you can either reach me by email or... Honestly, uh, text me. <laughs> uh, I'm a very responsive person. I'm always trying to stay up and do work for the center and uh, all my other nonprofit um, work in the city. So uh, ngainsburg926 at gmail.com um, or call me at 443-791-8181. Uh, Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being with us this afternoon. It's great to visit with you, and we wish you every success in your continued good works. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. All righty. Let's do some good. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us, because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devonthorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and 
and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.